Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a cricket podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In today's special episode, we will be focusing on the ongoing Women's T20 World Cup in Australia. And to discuss this with us, we have a really special guest joining us. In this segment, we have a special guest from the female cricket website, Mr. Vishal Yadav joining us. Hello Vishal, welcome to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, Ajit. So, would you like to tell us a little bit about your website and what gave you an inspiration to, you know, cover women's cricket? Absolutely. So, I started this platform, uh, this website in Feb 2016, exactly four years ago, with the whole idea, with the whole objective of promoting women's cricket around the world. Uh, luckily, the domain was available, femalecricket.com. So, I quickly bought it and that's how the journey began. Uh, prior to that, I've always been a cricket fanatic. Uh, I've always I've grown up in India, uh, just like every second, third uh, Indian boy. Uh, again, my dream was also to get into cricket to play for the country. Unfortunately, I was good with studies. So my parents told me to you know, pursue your education first and then probably get into sports. And also being a boy, uh, women's cricket, uh, it did not come very naturally to me. I, when I started in 2016, I did not know the names of all the cricketers. Uh, forget about Australian England cricketers. Uh, I did not even know who are the players in the Indian circuit, in the Indian cricket team. So uh, it has been a long journey. The last four years has taught me a lot of things with this initiative. And uh, I have never looked back. Uh, the day I started learning and reading about women's cricket, it has always uh, caught me more in more interested into this particular sector 
and uh, that's how things have been so far that seems like a very nice uh, you know niche thing to start off with so that's that was why i was very curious but you know when you look at the um, the competitiveness that we currently witness in the women's t20 tournament i think this tournament has been mm-hmm. more interesting than uh, i dare say many a, a men's t20 tournament right t20 world cup tournament for me at least so absolutely absolutely you know let's get into it so let's start off with the group stages uh, vishal so would you recollect any you know really good matches in the ongoing world cup that you would like to talk about in the group stages for yourself maybe we can uh, you know um look at the team wise you know matches so i would say i don't know if you were to look mm-hmm. at india's matches they have won all four out of four which in, in the end turned out to be really close for them right <laughs> absolutely let's start uh, talking about the very first match india australia match how crucial is this match for india and so far does it have any bearing on the upcoming match do you think so again it, it the whole buzz around this tournament uh, justice was done uh, when india played against australia and australia and defeated them by 17 runs uh, nobody you know right. uh, would have could have asked for a better you know, start for this t20 world cup uh, all credits to australia the media uh, for creating that hype for creating that buzz around this event uh near about 15000 17000 people turned up at the stadium uh at uh, the sydney showground stadium in sydney on uh, the 21st of feb and that's how uh, it all started really well and going forward uh, as we witnessed uh, there were a couple of more crucial games which happened it wasn't uh, just the top uh, let's say two to three teams uh, namely india england or australia performing in the group stages but we also saw uh the emerge of pakistan coming into the four and and you know, uh, performing really well uh we also saw some crucial games uh, with the teams like sri lanka and south africa and uh, overall it was a great group stage i have never seen a, a group stage as competitive as you know the, the 2020 edition so overall it was a great start to this tournament uh, uh, to answer your question india australia it, it did give that uh, jump india are sort of dark horses as far as i am mm-hmm. concerned in the women's t20 world cup yeah. uh, but before we get to that the traditional favorites you know australia and england both of them lost their very first game absolutely right? but then they were able to bounce back really well you know england had a tougher route so to say yeah. but australia had a you know deciding quarter final right correct so england had to beat west indies pakistan they were very competitive matches in that sense. so but for you uh, if you were to go through let's say the uh, let's start off with the england team who has been let's say the standout performer for uh, the english girls in this tournament uh, well from england there's no doubt nat skewer has time and time and again stood up for england uh, she is currently the leading scorer and scorer from the english side uh, but again uh, it would be you know, unfair to give credits only to nat skewer because the bowlers also did a fantastic job uh to give them the crucial wins when they needed it uh credits to sophie eccleston uh, who also became the youngest to take 50 wickets and also katherine brandt and then you also have uh, you know bowlers and fielders who did a fabulous job for english side so uh, bouncing back from that first defeat against south africa uh, that's what you know the champions are known for so they won't give you that easy and that's what england shown and uh, it was uh, not fair from 
their side that you know the match the final match the decider match was washed out yesterday uh, had it been a reserve day had there been a reserve day probably would have we would have seen uh, one of the best games of the tournament india england uh, again england again were the favorites because of the past history they have never lost any game against india especially when it comes to the knockout uh, stages uh, but again the rain gods had some other plans and india were through for the final when you look at the tournament's top 3 run scorers as well as wicket takers you see two english batters in the top 3 yeah. and one english bowler in the top 3 that very well tells us you know the story of how competitive england's women have been and how unlucky they were to really miss out True. there is also a, a wrist spinner right glen from the english uh, team uh, sara glen when we talk about wrist spinners right yeah so what do you what do you think uh, the impact of the wrist spinners has been in the tournament punam yadav from india you have uh, glen also i think um, there was a wrist spinner from pakistan if i'm not wrong so Correct. this has been something different for this world cup absolutely so initially when the tournament you know, before the start of the tournament we all expected uh, that there would be a lot of bounce and uh, the australian wickets the australian pitches would favor uh, fast and medium pace bowlers but punam yadav in the very first game uh, you know proved everybody wrong with those leg spins and uh, taking four wickets in that crucial game and giving india that uh, you know uh, win against australia and she proved that you know the spin also uh, can do a lot of damage on the australian wicket and uh, you now if you see the top bowlers the top wicket takers from the uh, tournament so far punam yadav is at number 1 with nine wickets at second we have megan uh, shoot and we also have you know jess johnson again who are leg spinners Uh, there's Shashikala Sri Vardhani again a leg spinner and Sara Glen Amelia Keith. So if I if I look at the top ten uh, bowlers with the most wickets from the tournament, you will see seven of them, uh, with again exceptions like Megan and uh, Shikha Pandey and Anya Shapsol, the the pacers, the the fast bowlers in the side. But then it's the ratio seven is to three. So leg spinners have definitely done an excellent job in this uh, whole tournament. uh and again it becomes very difficult in the one of the press conferences the captain also spoke uh, harmanpreet kaur she mentioned that you know, it is very difficult to uh, play uh, those flight deliveries from punam yadav because again the batters have to uh, strike the ball really hard if you want them to uh, go beyond the boundary line i think the captains are, are definitely keeping an eye on how to use their leg spinners well and how to use their spinners well so when we look at the other you know strongly performing teams so we can look first maybe look at uh, south africa i'm saving india and australia <laughs> for the last because they're going to play the final but when we look at south africa do you think the result yesterday was you know um, justified their uh, performance throughout the tournament in the semi final i mean the semi final where they lost very narrowly to australia so again in i would say that in semi finals and finals it's uh, you know you, the games in semi finals and finals cannot decide the fate of the entire team uh, south africa were exceptional throughout the tournament they were unbeaten and uh, they still are uh, you know and from my perspective uh, yesterday's game again it was not a 20 over game it was reduced to 13 overs had there been 20 overs uh, probably you know south africa would have uh, made sure that the batters the top order they get enough time to settle down and then they are very well known for you know slog hitting in the end so you never know probably mengen dupree or clotrian 
had they uh, been given uh, enough time and 20 overs they could have turned the game uh, in their favor and also there was not much to chase uh, once 33 134 uh, i think the batters the south african batters could have won that from there uh, had there been you know rain or the, the rain gods on their side but it was very unfortunate uh, for the match to be curtailed to 13 overs and then they given uh, 98 to score which was again over 6 6 and 6 and a half uh, runs per over so in, in semi finals and finals you cannot really predict uh, uh, about a team's future about a team's overall uh, performance during the tournament well i mean australia came through Uh, it would have been a you know not a nice thing if australia had lost in the semi finals and the home team would not have been in the final but they were able to clinch that how about the other team that did really well in my opinion new zealand do you think they were a bit unlucky in that uh, you know the let's say the potential quarter final shootout against australia so australia have come through two such scrapes both in their potential quarter final as well as on the semi final day they had to fight really hard to get into the final right so how about new zealand what what do you think of their performances again so new zealand started off really well uh, against sri lanka and uh, then they lost the game against india by 3 runs again it was a very close encounter uh, amelia kher i'm not sure if you had seen the match but uh, if if you get a chance to watch the highlight it was one of the best matches of the group stages amelia kher 19 year old she was standing there alone and people on the on the non strikers and were coming and going but then she stood there and made sure that you know uh, the new zealand side came very close to the win and uh, the indian team again won just by 3 runs again in the next game new zealand won by 17 runs against bangladesh uh, but uh, you know when it came to india uh, sorry the australia and new zealand uh, that's when the australian had the last laugh they defeated new zealand by 4 runs overall as a team i would say uh, new zealand is a very strong side Uh, the the bowlers have done really well the the spinners especially and again you know there are few hiccups when it comes to the batting order which i'm sure they would be uh, going going back home and thinking about it there's 2021 world cup which is in new zealand next year there's not much time left for that and uh, uh, thirdly you know, 9 to 10 months left for this particular tournament the 2021 women's world cup so i'm sure the team will be going back and working more on their uh, batting order the the top order especially and with amy uh, the the former captain out of the tournament uh, once she is back they she would also bring that stability to the team but without her also the, the team was uh, really well and uh, you know made sure that they win those crucial games at the crucial juncture probably the match of the tournament so far has been that uh... that match you highlighted amelia kher really striking out at the end and nearly bringing new zealand home versus india but following that the other match where they were able to defend 91 against bangladesh who had a chance to you know let me put it like this really make history right. as far as bangladesh right. women's cricket goes right they could have uh, won that game and they had shown a little bit of presence of mind they panicked towards the end so those two were like really really interesting games the other really interesting game was for me when uh, pakistan started off on a winning note yeah right yeah. how how do you rate pakistan's progress during the tournament again if i compare it with the previous tournaments the previous editions of world cup or any icc tournament uh, this 
team this bunch of pakistan cricketers showed that you know they were there to win uh, showed that uh, extra courage which which is needed at crucial times their batters stepped up in the first game uh, which they won against west indies the champions of 2016 world cup it was purely because their bowlers did well uh, the fielders you know did a decent job i would say they were not uh, excellent but they did a decent job and the batters basically uh, took their team home so uh, that's what we have seen time and again that you know the top orders in the pakistani side not performing Uh, as per the expectations, and then basically the middle orders uh, taking up uh, all the pressure. But this time the batters at the top orders uh, were brilliant. Uh, let's not forget the contributions of Zawiria Khan. She was exceptional with her batting. The shots which she played, it was with so much of confidence. And uh, you know the commentators and and the former ex cricketers of Pakistan were all in praise. of uh, bismas you know the confidence that she brought to this entire team in this world cup uh, the bowlers also did a very pretty uh, job with diana beg leading the leading the four uh, but yes overall uh, the pakistan side looked much improved this time and uh, you now I'm, i'm looking forward to this whole team there there's so much being done at the domestic level in pakistan to ensure that Or the female cricketers, the women cricketers are playing good cricket. Most of the cricketers are contracted now, so that also has given them uh, a lot of time to practice and take care of their cricket. Hopefully, in next two to three years, we will see you know a much improved side or a side which can give uh, good uh, competition to teams like Australia and England. they have just started building on the domestic structure and that is the reason why we also saw uh, some very young players coming uh, sayed arubasha was one talent which came from the domestic uh, structure she was only 16 and brought into the attack uh, at such an uh, such an early age so uh, going forward i see uh, a very good future for pakistan cricket all right uh, how about the west indians i felt they were a bit disappointing Oh yes, yes. So again, uh, West Indies—the the kind of cricket they have played—we would not complain, uh, or what I would say uh, to put it in other words, uh, the expectations are always high when it comes to West Indies. Another 2016 Women's T20 World Cup—they uh, won it against Australia, the defending champions. But this time, they—they disappointed not just the fans but the the entire tournament. a uh, couple of players were were just in the team out of their injury uh, for example deandra dotting there was so much expectations from her but then she could not uh, perform well in the tournament so uh, apart from stephanie taylor and anisa mohammed the leading uh, cricketers from the west indies side nobody actually looked in touch and uh, uh, cricket is a team game you cannot just rely on on two to three players all the teams all the matches which you see went really close or the teams uh, you know winning it again uh, were the matches where the entire team came forward and performed really well so you cannot just depend on two to three players and expect the entire west indies team to win the game so it was a bit disappointing from the caribbean side but i'm i'm very sure that once the team recovers once everybody is is uh, uh, back in the side and and doing well uh, they could 
beat Australia on their given day. So it's just a matter of time and giving them uh, enough exposure. Speaking of, you know, over-reliance on one player, what are your thoughts on Sri Lanka and Bangladesh? <laughs> uh, let me first start with Bangladesh. Um, Bangladesh, uh, you know, they, they started off really well, giving a tough fight to the Indian side. Again, so they were a decent team when it came to uh, giving a competition to the, uh, the bigger teams like India, Australia or New Zealand. Uh, they did really well with their uh, all-round uh, you know, cricket development, be it batting, bowling and fielding. Uh, the bowling basically stood out for me. Uh, the batting still needs a lot of improvement. But overall, you know, as a team, they looked a good bunch. Uh, overall, as a team, they performed really well. And uh, again, so there are a couple of areas which they still need improvement on. Uh, probably the they should be looking to strengthen their their top orders. And uh, the middle orders is based, is currently looking stable, but then the top order needs some attention. And then you also need a few wicket takers. So you cannot just rely on Jahan or Alam to uh, not take wickets. You've got to have more two to three wicket takers in the side when you're competing in a world tournament like this. So then, you know, uh, Sri Lanka, uh, over-reliance on Chamari Atapattu, I would say. Sri Lanka, the only name which comes to my mind or to anybody who has followed this cricket, who has followed Women's T20 World Cup, uh, Sri Lanka was all about Chamari Atapattu and her excellence. We did see, uh, you know, the senior, one another senior in, in form of Shashikala Shriwardhane, who stood for the team in the final game, took four wickets uh, against Bangladesh, and that was their only victory in the side. Uh, but yes, so we need more people. We need at least two to three more players like Chamari Atapattu in Sri Lankan side if they want to win um, good battles. They are the uh, young side, I would say, apart from two to three seniors in the squad. More or less, uh, you know, the entire squad is pretty young, 23-24 is the average. But yes, you cannot you know, rely on just one player, like I said, in the, like I said it for uh, Bangladesh. You cannot just rely on Shashi Kala or uh, Jamari Atapattu to close the game for you. So now we come to the you know the new entrants, the babies of uh, the World Cup, Thailand. <laughs> Did they win everybody's hearts? Do you think? Definitely not the matches, but yes, uh, be it with their uh, batting performance, be it with their bowling, be it with the fielding, or uh, you know, be it with their dance moves uh, in the final games. Thailand, uh, this this team was everywhere. I was very surprised especially in the last match when they scored 150 odd runs against Pakistan. But again, it was do or die match. It was, you know, both the teams wanted, especially Thailand wanted to make, you know, go back home with, with one win in their stride. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the, because of rains, we could not get the complete result. Uh, but again, I was very impressed with this whole bunch with, with the Thailand women's cricket team. Indeed. Now, before we look at the final prospect, what is with the tournament planning that they have really not planned for a reserve day for the, you know, the semi-finals and both semi-finals being played on the same day? Well, that's understandable, but at least one reserve day is not kept 
and you're finally you're playing in MCG and you have to go from Sydney to Melbourne. That's a big travel, right, in Australia. That's very surprising, right? If you look at the men's tournament, New Zealand would not even have made the final if this was the case. You know, if there was no right. reserve day. I mean, you can always argue it's a 50-hour game and all right. that. But how short-sighted right. is this from the organizers? So, uh, again, there's a lot of debate around this uh, since day before yesterday. Uh, probably from Wednesday onwards, there was this whole uh, question and debate going around. Uh, should there be a reserve day? And why did the ICC, the organizers, did not think of a reserve day when they when they knew that it is going to be raining on throughout Thursday, which is the semi-finals day. My personal opinion is that there should have been a reserve day. It was again the game's loss. Uh, the cricket was a loser at the end because you would never want a side like England or you know uh, India going into the semi-finals like this, and then the rain being a factor, uh, rain deciding your your fate for this entire tournament because the teams they practice for months for years they put in their hard work and their efforts just for you know this particular moment and when you are thrown into that moment then rain interrupts and there's no proper planning for that i was very disappointed with the way things panned out again i'm a cricket fan at heart uh, and that is the reason why it pinched me more because i definitely wanted to watch this team India, England, it's a big stage, it's a semi-final game, it's a World Cup tournament and uh, you know, probably ICC will now look forward and uh, you know, in the coming tournaments we might see a reserve day for the semi-final games because there's a lot of bash going around, there's a lot of criticism going around and ICC will definitely take a note of it. All right. So now let's look at the two finalists. So India and Australia, right? So Australia, the traditional favorites, also the, let's say, uh, historically the most strongly performing team. Yeah. But India, who, who, you know, as I call them, the dark horses, simply because, you know, they could have gone anywhere or nowhere. But in this case, they have done really well. They have done really well to win all their <laughs> uh, league games, so which was very important that they could come to the final. But, um, you know, I see a few questions as far as the Indian team mm. is concerned, because... They have Shafali Verma, who's like really, mm -hmm. really firing and now has reached the number one mm -hmm. ranking in the T20I batting rankings for women, right? But she has an equivalent in Alisa Healy yeah. on the other side. So, for me, what really makes a difference is True. the middle order, right? The Indian middle order is completely misfiring, but Australian middle mm -hmm. order is really good. They're number three down to number six. Everybody is, you know, either contributing in some form or the other in one of the matches. But the Indian batswomen seems to be, you know, missing there. So, what are your thoughts? Who do you think stacks up favorably going into the final? Again, it's a very good question. Uh, uh, but we all know the answers. You know, the batters, the openers from Indian side, Shefali Verma, Smriti Mandana, and then Jemima Rodericks and Dipti Sharma. Basically, they batted so well that the medal orders did not get a chance to, uh, you know, settle at the settle uh, at the stadium in the center and probably show what they are capable of. Harmanpreet did get few chances, but she did not capitalize on those chances. In the last game against Sri Lanka, we did see some spark from a batting, but again, it was uh, a debate going around. Going forward for the final game, you know, I, I definitely see Harmanpreet score uh, in case if she gets too bad, in case of the medal orders, uh, the openers that didn't bat well. Uh, I see her taking the charge and because she has uh, been the senior most 
uh, player in the side. She has played a lot of games. She has been through that situation before. Uh, we all know about the 171 knock against Australia. It was the decider game in the 2017 World Cup. She stood for the team and single-handedly took the team you know, uh, across the line. So uh, she has the capability. It's just a matter of a day or two when she is given the opportunity, the responsibility she takes. She takes the charge and, and makes the team win. So we all are hoping for her to uh, stand up and take that one extra step forward and take India uh, part of the line. Right. And um, when it comes to bowling, right, a bunch of really interesting spinners on both sides, good fast bowling to begin with, right? You have Megan Shoot versus Shikha Pandey. Correct. It's still a very interesting battle. I find it tough to choose between the bowling uh, sides. But right. which bowling team do you think holds a bit more of an edge? Even though there is no Elisa Perry. So, we'll get to that in a point. But as it stands, Australia or India, do you think, in bowling? Uh, again, in bowling, I would give uh, you know some brownie points to, to India. Because they have won most of their matches courtesy their bowling performance. At crucial junctures when India scored... No, 130-ish, 120-ish, it was their bowling which gave them uh, the desired win. Uh, so the bowlers, even if you know India gets 130 or 140 on board, Herman Reed and company you know, are pretty confident about their bowlers that now you know, they can easily win the, win the tournament. So 120, 130 is also something which Herman Reed would definitely uh, see it as a competitive total. Uh, and the reason she sees it because bowlers have time and again proved that you know they have that capacity to to win matches uh, if they have 120 130 on board uh, as far as bowling is concerned my uh, the strong uh, uh, the strongest component i would say is is india interesting so now we come to the question of elisa perry and how big her impact or her loss would impact the australian team what do you think about that See, Ellie Perry has played almost all the matches uh, for Australia in the T20 World Cup. So there was a stat which we had put on on female cricket's uh, Twitter handle, which is that 36 uh, matches has Ellie Perry played for Australia. And that is all the numbers. That is the total number of matches which Australia has played in the World Cup so far. Uh, yesterday was the only game when she, she missed it out uh, due to the injury. And she because she is out of the, uh, the tournament now. As far as the impact which she will have is, is massive because uh, she is an all-rounder. She uh, basically uh, contributes with both bat and the ball and also she is an excellent fielder. So she uh, not being in the side is definitely a loss for the Australian side. But then you know, Australia is such a team that they don't rely on one person. They don't rely on on one player. Uh, either their bowlers will will come forward, or their batters, or the middle orders, or their fielders will you know, ensure that their team gets part of the line. So, from the Australian perspective, I'm sure they would be not too tensed about this whole uh, sequence of events which happened with Ellie Perry. But also there's Delisa Kimmins uh, who replaced her in the tournament and she's also a big striker of the ball and also she was very handy with the, with the bowling yesterday. So they do have replacements in place but uh, you know, from the Indian perspective 
from an Indian fan, I would say it's a good sign for India that they don't have Delhi Berry in their side, who can you know turn the match uh, single-handedly uh, at her will. Uh, from an Australian perspective, it's not uh, too disappointing. It's not a matter of worry, I would say. All right, all right. So, you know, as a final uh, finals prediction, who do you think is going to lift the tournament? That's uh, again uh, <laughs> a question I would won't be able to answer because the way things have panned out, um, Australia have uh, have come from that defeat, and then yesterday they they were lucky, I would say, because the rain gods made sure that they played that 20 overs and. Uh, then there was only 13 overs left for the South Africans to play. Uh, also, the India-England was washed out. Uh, who would have you know, expected that the semi-final number two would, would ever happen? Uh, but it happened and uh, there was, again, I would say there was the, the Australian gods for sure. They want Australia team to win this. My favourites again would be Australia, given the past, the history which they have uh, from uh, just a second. Uh, from from 19 matches in the T20 that they have played so far, Australia have won 13 of them and uh, lost only 6 of them. Uh, also in the World Cups, if you see, they have been at that position in, in the World Cup Finals for around 6 times. So they are definitely going to be the strong contenders uh, and of course the Australian favourites. Right. So, you know, I agree with you there that I can tell you that for me as an Indian cricket fan, my heart says India, but, you know, looking at all the stats that you put together and also looking at the tournament form, yeah, I, I would still put Australia ahead. So, my head says Australia, so to say. So, all the best to both the women's teams going into the final and may the best team win. Right? Absolutely. All right. So, all in all, it's been a wonderful uh, tournament and a wonderful exhibition of uh, cricket that we got to see in Australia. And it's been a wonderful advertisement for you know, women's cricket in general. So, I would say this tournament can be a, you know, a way in which, at least for many of us who are not very familiar with the women's cricket game, this, uh, this tournament has been a real eye-opener for us. And uh, this would probably mean, you know, there, may, there are sometimes many men's international matches played which are without context or which really don't have too many meaning, too much yeah. meaning. So, in such a case, if you see, maybe it's exactly the same day if a women's cricket match is actually happening. We we really expect and we really hope the same cricket fan identifies the quality of cricket being higher in the women's match and switch over to the women's game. So, I really hope this is this uh, tournament has paved a way for this sort of a change in the mindset of the, you know, the average cricket fan, so to say. Correct, correct. We all are hoping for a good India-Australia game and it, it can't get any, the finals can't get any better than this, right? Uh, the whole objective of of MCG getting you know, packed, fill the MCG campaign by Cricket Australia. I think now it is possible with India and Australia uh, competing at this level. Earlier, uh, had, had there been South Africa or England, there would have been a, a bit of questions here and there. Uh, whether the MCG would get packed, whether it would be a, you know, a, a houseful at MCG. But with India and Australia competing at that level, I, I see that happening. 90,000 plus people turning up at a stadium watching this game live. And all credits for sure to, to Cricket Australia, their, their team, the media, 
for uh, making sure that this event gets the limelight it deserves. All right, indeed. So, uh, thanks a lot for your uh, guest appearance on our show. And uh, it's been wonderful having somebody who has a very uh, unique uh, perspective on the women's cricket. And uh, we hope to have you again and again mm-hmm. on our show, guest appearing. And uh, giving us a nice perspective as well as giving us updates from the women's world of cricket. Would you like to maybe... Um, Give us a bit more detail about your website and how people can find you on the uh, social media platforms as well. Sure, Ajit. Uh, firstly, thank you to you and the Armchair Cricket for inviting me. This Again, female cricket, like I said, it's been there since last four years. Uh, we are available on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, you just have to go and search for female cricket. We also have a website, which is femalecricket.com which primarily uh, hosts all the content that we do. We do interviews, we do feature articles, we do summaries, we do match analysis and previews. And we are doing a lot of content for this entire you know, T20 World Cup. There are a lot of statistical analysis, which we also do, uh, which goes on our Twitter handle. The Twitter handle is I am female cricket, or you, you can just go and type female cricket and you will see our logo over there. And all the best way is to go to see our website, which is femalecricket.com. And that is where you will find all the links to, to our official pages or official social media. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Vishal. Thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, we hope to have you soon once again. Pleasure. Pleasure. Now, moving on. If you were to go to the trivia section quickly, let's look at the trivia question from the previous episode. The question was, who is the only West Indian wicketkeeper to have scored 100 and had four dismissals in an ODI? So, Elizabeth Diaspati has got the answer right. So, the answer is Shai Hope. This was against Sri Lanka in the first ODI in the ongoing uh, tour of Sri Lanka from the West Indies. So, the trivia question for this episode is, can you name a pair of brothers-in-law currently playing men's international cricket? So, we know previously plenty of brothers-in-law have played international cricket. We know Udnapa Vishwanath was the brother-in-law of Sunil Gavaskar. Similarly, we had Craig White, who was a brother-in-law of Dan Lehman. And even though these two played for different countries, they were brothers-in-law. So, like this, can you name currently a brothers-in-law pair that's playing international cricket? You could write in with your answers to amche.cricket at gmail.com or you could tweet your answer to us at amche.cricketpod or you could leave it as a comment in any of the uh, podcasting platforms or plat- podcasting applications you use to listen to our episode. So I do hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you will tune in as we have plenty of cricket going on and plenty of things to discuss. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.